Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. <laughs> Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. the death holler i'm your host the reverend dr death and joining me as always is the co-host with the luck of the irish la urena found any pots of gold lately urena well as previously discussed prior to starting the show i thought my pot of gold was in the form of marrying a white man um that that has turned out to not be the case at all (laughs) (laughs) oh uh well, maybe you don't, or maybe you're not as lucky as I thought you were. Um, <laughs> today, we're getting into the St. Patty's Day spirit by covering one of the more varied holiday themed slashers. Uh, despite its dubious quality, many horror fans have found a little something, or rather, a little someone to love in the <laughs> Leprechaun franchise. Little people. <laughs> So for this episode, put your pain away, uh, chill out, be ready to share your finest weed, and please don't touch that pot of gold. But first, if you're enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it if you could take the time to like, comment, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. It helps us get more visibility on podcast listings and helps us grow. Also, consider following us on social media. You can find us on TikTok and Twitter under Death Holler Pod, at least on TikTok as long as they it's not banned by the United States government. <laughs> thanks, Trump. Found- <laughs> uh, thanks, Biden. And we can be found on Instagram and Facebook under Death Holler Podcast. We appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show. Urena, I didn't tell you to do this, but I think you <laughs> might need to play the Attack of the Beast part- segment right now because this whole damn episode is, uh, is one of those. <laughs> All right, here it goes. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! I'm losing my eyes! 
I bet you were screaming that after watching that second movie. Oh, my ass. <laughs> well, I didn't finish the second movie. I finished it in a previous time, but not this time. Um, speaking of that, I was going to try to do an Attack of the Bees, actual, a legit one on this episode, which I brought that up to Cody and had a good point. He's like, he's like, what's more bee movie than Leprechaun already? And I'm like, <laughs> fair point. Um but I tried to go even more into the B realm and I couldn't even, I gave up. It was a movie. It's a movie called skinned deep. I want to say it came out in like the early two thousands. It is a complete and utter, uh, like shitty remake of Texas chainsaw massacre, like same setup. Uh, there's this family that's randomly traveling somewhere. You see at the beginning of the movie, some old man gets like ganked by somebody and it's like weird ass mask. And, um, and then, like, you know, this family happens upon, you know, like, his remains, and the local police are there, and, like, the sheriff talks to him, and he's all creepy, just like cops are in these movies, and he's like, uh, it, was a, it, it was an animal attack, just keep on moving, you know, and, like... Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> and then they travel down the road a little bit, and uh, they run over, like, some, uh, uh, like, a spike in the road that, like, the killer has left out, and you can see the killer, like, reeling it back on his little fishing line, and uh, the dad's all like, you know, oh, gee, golly, you know, that sort. So he's like, I'm going to go to the local, you know, uh, store and see if I can rustle up some help for a car. And um, he goes there. And, of course, the lady is in with the the psychos, just like in Chainsaw. And and there's a whole thing after the guy leaves and she tells him to come back and they can stay the night at her house while her son fixes the car. And she stares at the camera for like it feels like. 20 minutes or something just with a grin on her face and it's like i get it lady you're you're in on this so hand uh, hand wink 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 uh I'm, I, I i would go ahead and say it that i'm the killer but i think you got it right you know that sort of thing uh by the way the acting is atrocious so there, that that wouldn't be that what? outside of part <laughs> yeah i am i am shocked uh more so than than the movies we're getting ready to discuss if you can believe that so hold any complaints you have for leprechaun uh with the knowledge that it can get worse like and this movie proves it um literally whenever they're walking up to the house like the dad i mean his kind of acting is like um looks a little weird here um but uh it's okay kids let's go inside you know it's like so bland and like i mean it's it's like if you if if you went with your friends to make a movie this is the kind of acting that you would make uh it's it's that bad uh, the only thing, the only reason I went, I, I booted this up was because I saw Warwick Davis was in it. And I'm oh, like, hmm, yeah. another horror movie with him in it. And, I, and I, I stayed until I saw him in the movie. I gave it that much time. He's in, uh, he's one of the, the brothers of the, the psychos that's in the movie. Uh, you got an old grandpa who they call the Surgeon General, and he looks like he's dead, just like Grandpa and, and Chainsaw was. And, um, and then it, it, it goes around the table to the different brothers and like Warwick Davis is in a straight jacket with like red makeup around his eyes to make him look like he's, you know, uh, got like these rheumatic eyes or whatever, like he's insane. And like, he's just kind of mumbling to himself. And then it kind of went off to the other brothers and I'm like, nope, fuck it. I'm, I don't have time for this bullshit. So I just cut the movie off. So there you go. I don't understand how, okay, I can understand you watching In the Hood and being like, okay, I can, I can keep going, but I don't understand how you watched all these movies and was like, okay, let me do one more, like, just just one more. It's, 
it's the cheese of it. Like, I mean, after this movie, it's actually this movie that got me to go on with the rest of them because I watched part one. I'm not, I'm just, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. I watched part one Leprechaun. I'm like, fuck this series. I forgot how cheesy <laughs> some of this was. And then I watched this and I'm like, okay, well, that's the absolute worst. So I think I can endure a few more of these. And, uh, and I went into it with that mindset and I'm like, yep, still better than skin deep. So there you go. <laughs> And that's S-K-I-N-N-E-D, uh, deep. I know it sounds like skin deep, but it's skinned deep. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, horrible movie. Like I just, and, and, it, and it's also, it's a shot on video movie, I'm pretty sure, because it didn't even have like widescreen. Like when oh. you were watching on your TV, it looked like <laughs> it was an iPhone that was playing on your TV, like blown up on your TV screen, that sort of look. Great. Yeah. Quality. It's, uh, mm and uh just awful all around but there you go folks uh uh skip it don't even try to watch it on tubi i know it's free but you'll be demanding your mo- uh, more than your money's worth <laughs> back on that one it's time that you will lose more than anything mhm so uh let's get started <clears throat> with the original leprechaun movie came out in 93 it's the og of the series uh tagline is your luck just ran out that's pretty good not going to lie yeah, not too bad. A couple variations on that was one, Her Luck Just Ran Out, talking about uh, Jennifer Aniston. And, like, um, I think there was one more something about it. it was luck running out, but that one was the best. I think Your uh, Luck Just Ran Out. On the contrary, I think her luck, um, the luck was with her because uh, she's lucky she got another film role after this. <laughs> <laughs> she was already in uh, She was already in Friends around this time. So was I, she? I, I don't know. If, yeah, she was... She had just did like the first season of Friends, I think, right around the time that she did this, or she just landed it. So it was oh like my around God. this time. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, directed by Mark Jones, written by Mark Jones, uh, music by Kevin Kiner and Robert J. Walsh, made for a budget of $1 million. It actually made $8.6 million. Uh, so that's why they kept making more of them. Oh. <laughs> Come on, guys. This wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like oh we made a little bit of money like uh and just to cover we're not going to be covering all of these in depth like we normally do just because i don't see the point honestly no. <laughs> um there's no box office for uh the next one that we'll cover after this because they were all i'm pretty sure straight to video after this movie even in the hood uh yeah in the hood was uh oh was God. in was uh, straight to video Principal players, we have Jennifer Aniston with original nose. Wait, did she get a uh, nose job? Yes, she did. I didn't know that. Okay, well, maybe, I don't know. I just thought she had a chubby face, and this one she had a baby fat, you know, whatever. But um, I was thinking, you know, she hasn't aged a lot. I know she doesn't use a vino. We discussed this already, okay? <laughs> I do believe she drinks smart water. Uh, you see her walking all over fucking town with those bottles, and it is... I mean, decent way to get electrolytes, but like, I didn't realize she got a nose job. If she's though, any work she's had done is pretty fucking subtle. Yeah, well, I think her nose, like in this one, her nose is a little bit rounder and a little yeah. bit larger. And I think they, they, it's more like the the straight, you know, uh, smaller size nose that a lot of actresses in Hollywood have, like that, you know, very. Uh, Aquiline, I think, is the the technically the adjective, uh, you know, for that. But like, very just narrow, like bridged nose, and this one was a little bit larger. But so I what don't you're know, saying I'm is, not... I'm not breaking through Hollywood anytime soon. 
<laughs> Great. It's the kind of news I needed today. Uh, well, sometimes, I mean, but you're, you're lucky in other ways. I mean, <laughs> you married a white man. Oh, yeah. There's my pot of gold. Um, she plays Tori Redding in this movie. Uh, she's technically a final girl. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to the discussion on that. Of course, she was in Friends with Courtney Cox. Um, uh, Horrible Bosses, one and two. She was actually super hot in that, that those movies. Uh, <laughs> we Are the Millers, super hot in that as well. Uh, she was an episode of Cougar Town, which was a production, David Arquette and Courtney Cox. So Apparently she well, owed Courtney a, fa- a favor. Uh, apparently so. Uh, Bruce Almighty, oh, yes. uh, the, Iron, the Iron Giant, Rockstar. I think she's pretty hot in that one, too, if I remember mm-hmm. right. And, of course, uh, she was the love interest in Office Space. So she had that 15 pieces of flair or whatever it was. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great movie. Just That's so good. Uh, we have Warwick Davis playing Love Dan the Leprechaun. I, I didn't know, know he had a name. I didn't know he did either until I was looking through IMDb. Okay. Uh, he's a mythical creature slasher. Um, uh, and they basically make up the rules to him as the movies change. So. Yes. And everyone's always after his lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of ties into some of the trivia we'll get to later, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, of course, he was in Star Wars. He was a very young man whenever he, he did those movies. Okay, uh, wait. Playing. Why don't I remember him in Star Wars? He was one of the Ewoks. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kenny Baker was R2-D2, another little person, but then, like, Warwick Davis played, uh, what was it, Pickett? Thicket, something like that was his name. Wicket, I don't know. One of the the, the main Ewok that you know uh, that interacts with uh, Princess Leia in the movie. He he played that character. Okay. Uh, he's been in Doctor Who several times. Harry Potter. He's one of the goblin head goblin in that one uh, at the bank. He's also the um, he's <clears throat> Professor Flitwick. I think's his name. That's uh, you know teaches them. It's not herbology. It's something else. I can't remember what his character does, but he's he's in that movie, that series movies multiple times. Uh, of course, he was in the Ewok movies. So I mean, he redid his roles in those. Um, as terrible as they were, um, still better than modern Star Wars though, which is saying a whole lot. And then he was, of course, in Skin Deep, which is just friggin' miserable. So there you go. Uh, hold on, before you move on. Have you watched Willow in the most recent years? Um, I have not, and they just uh, and speaking of that, they just canceled uh, the TV series on Disney Plus because Ooh. the ratings were so bad. <gasps> it was is he's not in that one, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, he is. Okay, and they uh, went uber woke with it too. <clears throat> like they, the, the biggest complaint that people have about it is that it seems like they took uh 2000 you know 23 uh teenagers from california uh, <laughs> and dumped them in a medieval hey. world and they're still complaining <laughs> and bitching about the same stuff that 2023 teenagers would be in, in you know in that setting oh that's hella funny okay so um because mike and the guys over at rain man had they apparently they did or at least mike had done a rewatch of Willow and he was very upset by it. He was like he was like me where I'm like I remember that movie as a pretty great movie. Like I watched it over and uh, over and over as a kid. 
I take that back. I have mm. watched it within the past five years. Okay. And I was prepared for it to be terrible because okay. I don't remember it being that great as a kid, to be perfectly honest with you. I loved it. I thought it was cheesy good. I didn't think it, it was like the best I, I movie I liked ever. it and I liked Mad Mardigan and some of the other stuff in it and the, the two little pixie guys or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I went, watching that movie, I was like, okay, I'm not going to try to take off all nostalgia blinders and watch it as is. And I'm like, yep, that's about how I remember the acting to be. <laughs> okay, and the next thing, uh, Harry Potter. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know. Well, oh, and I also didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch. Um, I didn't watch Harry Potter. All of them. I've seen some of them, but there's a spell that apparently a few coworkers have been casting upon each other. I don't know what it's called. Expecto Patronus, something. I don't know. It sounds like Patron. Uh, yeah, Expecto Patronus or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, so anyways, they've been doing that, and I've been upsetting them by saying, you know, like, uh, Inspecto Patrono, and that I would like some Patron. They're not happy. That, that... You should just look at them and say Avada Kedavra, that, and they'll <laughs> shut them up real quick. Avocado Kedavra? <laughs> yeah, because that's like the, the death spell in the Harry Potter world. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're they're none too pleased. Uh, the Potter fans, they are a little more psycho than Star Wars fans, so... And this is coming from a girl who has the Death Star on her butt, okay? Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad that, um, I, I, I was a fair weather Star Wars fan because if I really cared about it, like some of the most recent changes, I don't think I would have liked. And they even said in like, uh, like Mandalorian, like the newest season, it's like doing terribly, uh, like right now on Disney plus, like it's not pulling in very many ratings and, and it's not been trending at all on Twitter. Mm-mm. It's just like people have lost interest in it. I have a few people asking me if I've watched it and I have not. And I'll tell you what, I haven't gotten any spoilers either. That's how good it's not doing because usually <laughs> there's some spoilers by now. Yeah. People are still, the only thing that people are talking about with uh, Pedro Pascal, besides, you know, that scene that's going around on TikTok from uh, unbearable weight of massive <laughs> talent with him and Nick Cage is uh, The Last of Us. That's And I still, I need to catch up on the last few episodes of that. But um, um, There is another thing trending right now uh, about Pedro, and it's him eating a sandwich by himself. Eating a sandwich, and he's just kind of like staring yeah. at the camera as he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, but I'm here for it. I don't, I'm not even a huge fan of Pedro Pascal. I do not think he's hot. Uh, all of a sudden, people are thinking he's hot, and I can't get over him as Oberyn in, uh, in, in Game of Thrones <laughs> and getting his head that- smashed in. Was that his peak hotness for you? Was his Oberyn Martell or whatever? No, he was not hot at all, and he was very gay in that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with gay people, but I'm not attracted to gay people. I'm attracted. I know. think he just looks too baby-faced, and especially if you see him outside of the, you know, like the glitz and glamour, and he's got his big thick glasses on. Yeah. I mean, he just he, he just looks like a regular dude. I don't understand the it, you know what they're going crazy. He's got money, and so people because if it was a if it was a guy on the street, you would think he was a fucking weirdo. Yeah, probably, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, you could say it about a lot of Hollywood guys, though. That, I mean, yeah. Some some of them have the looks, but I mean, you get you get some of these guys like Army Hammer that are sending you text messages about how they want to eat your liver, and then you're just like, mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> if, if he was if he wasn't rich, I I would report him to the police, but I'm going to entertain this for a few more texts. He know? wants to eat me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the joke that's going around about that. Uh, it's a different connotation when he says it. Though. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, we have Pamela Mance playing Mrs. O'Grady, the unlucky <laughs> farmer's wife. Not in the movie for very long. She's here for uh, 
for a good time, not a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, she played in the movie Freaked, which I, I I hope we can cover at some point in one of these seasons. I guess it'd be Creature Feature season because that movie's batshit insane. It is a comedy that's got uh, uh, both, uh, I believe his name's Alex Kingston, who played a... Uh, uh, you know, Bill in the Bill and Ted movies, and it's got Keanu Reeves as a dog boy in that. So, okay. I mean, they kind of reunited for this movie. Interesting. Uh, let's see. And then she was also in Pee Wee's Big Holiday, the uh, Netflix movie that came out a few years back. Mm, no, thank you. Uh, John Volstad plays Joe, the pawn shop owner. Uh, there's a trend in these movies where pawn shop owners uh, are notoriously killed off that's the one part one group that always gets taken out by Lubdan, the leprechaun is if you own a pawn shop you better be on the lookout okay <laughs> don't own pawn shops in b scary movies okay yes uh david permenter plays deputy Trippet. um we'll get to that later he, he gets a special award all of his own <laughs> uh shay duffin plays daniel o'grady the farmer who stole the pot of gold way to go uh, loser <laughs> he uh he was in titanic sea biscuit and beowulf so he's actually oh, wow. been in big big he's movies good ass movies uh ken olant plays nathan murphy the contract worker uh robert high gorman plays alex murphy nathan's 10 year old brother mark holton plays ozzy jones the damn-witted friend to nathan and then john sanderford plays jd redding who is tory's father so a synopsis, Farmer O'Grady returns from the green hills of Ireland as rich as you please. His story about catching a leprechaun and getting its pot of gold doesn't sit right with his, with Mrs. O'Grady, but that doesn't matter when old Lep himself shows up to claim what is rightfully his. Mixing some bullshit about indestructible Velcro four-leaf clovers, and we get a decade time jump to one of the whiniest final girls we have yet to review. <laughs> Uh, will Lep take out a mentally disabled man, a, a kid, his hunky older brother, and our heroine? Will Jennifer Aniston's original nose seek revenge <laughs> for the atrocities that the plastic surgeon is about to commit to it? And eyes taken for an eye, cringe limericks abound, and pogo sticks aren't just uh, deadly for the user. <laughs> I'm going home. I feel good. <laughs> Uh, tell me what's wrong in that. And, uh, you know, tell me the, show me the lie. And all There's no said. lie in it. That's why I'm feeling nauseated. <laughs> uh, body count, a measly four people. Boo. Mrs. O'Grady pushed downstairs and neck broken in a fall. Joe is pogoed to death. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Yeah, that's the, that's the best kill in the movie. It really is. Uh, Deputy Trippet has his neck broken by the leprechaun, and then he has an eye plucked out later. That was lame. The neck neck breaking was lame. He could have yeah, done so much. That, anytime that the leprechaun just kills somebody through use of his claws or snapping their necks, like I'm so bored. I'm like, you have magic, dude. Make this more entertaining. Make him explode, and he could be like a bunch of three leaf clovers to show everyone how unlucky they are. Something lucky charms. Yeah, what? It's funny you say that because they he explodes people quite a bit, which is kind of a plot hole in 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 the hood. But it, it makes for some uh, you know better kills that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dan O'Grady has his body crashed through the elevator ceiling. We don't know what happens to him. He's just kind of laying there bleeding, and then he just kind of mumbles something about the needing a four leaf clover, and then how they're behind his house and patches and and which. I don't know if you've ever tried looking for a four-leaf clover, but they're not that apparent Mm-mm. that you could just go out and find them anywhere. You so. have to have the luck of the Irish. 
You just have to believe. Isn't that what they say in this movie? Whenever she finds it, it's oh like, my God. You, you have to believe. And then like magically the one in her hand is a four leaf clover. Uh, not, not counted as a kill is the leprechaun himself, because even though a four leaf clover shot is shot into his mouth, he's thrown into a well, he's lit on fire with gasoline and then blown up. He's still alive. So there you go. (laughs) He's still after his lucky charms. He's still after me pot of gold. Uh, Quotes. Alex holds up his slingshot to shoot the four leaf clover at the leprechaun. Hey, let fuck you, Lucky Charms. <laughs> uh, the police deputy pulls over the leprechaun in his miniature toy car, which reminded me a lot of the scene from um, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yes! It, it was almost like they just copied it or I'm something. I'm so glad you said that because this gave me that only Killer Clowns from Outer Space was actually good. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Deputy Trippett, say, aren't we a little young to be out this late? And then the leprechaun responds, no, I'm 600 years old. (laughs) The fact that you sound so much like him is just disgusting. Uh, It is sad. Um, I'm the leprechaun. No! You gotta include that at some point when yeah. you're like in post production, like that scene Ugh. from Wayne's World. I love that. They oh do, and then like uh, Garth is like, "Stop, stop!" stop. Like it's basically me, like me right now, which is hilarious because I didn't intend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the leprechaun talks to himself while sitting over his pot of gold. Ah, try as they will and try as they might. Who steals me gold won't live through the night. <laughs> And it's so early in the film. They, they At least they let you know. They let you know what you're getting yourself into right at the beginning. Yeah, he's going down those steps and that clunky way that he's walking, which I know that it's harder for little people to walk. But they, they also gave him, like, these, these shoes with, like, these heels that were ridiculous. Yeah. So when you see him, like, doing that weird walk down the steps, like, he's all, he was on the verge of killing himself, I believe, if I remember the trivia about this movie right. Like, he, he could barely walk in those things. Um, the leprechaun rips out the dead police officer's eye and puts it into his own head. An eye for an eye, me dear. <laughs> and then the leprechaun narrating from down in the flaming well. I'll not rest till I have me gold. Curse this well that me soul shall dwell till I find me magic that breaks me spell. <laughs> How many movies are we reviewing? Uh, we're going to cover most of them, actually, no! but uh, they're in snippets, so you don't have to worry about like the whole entire thing. Okay, so here's the sitch. I'm pretty upset you didn't include the pogo stick one, because he's like, I'm sure he'll bounce right at, like, oh, God, I forgot exactly what he said. He's like, he'll bounce right into shape or something like that. Um, Let me see. Uh the, no, the line that I took, because I got this actually, I saved it for the Death Holler Awards. I'm going to skip ahead since you mentioned it. This old lep, he played one. He played pogo on his lung. <laughs> that was one of them. But as soon as he was done pogoing the guy and he was clearly dead, he's like, don't worry about him. He'll hop back into shape in no time or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, he... <laughs> Wait until we discuss some of the other movies because the kills just get ridiculous in some of the ones later on. They're they get pretty bad. Uh, they're they're almost cartoons. They're almost like that movie, The Mask, with Jim Carrey. They get that level of just like how extreme they get. Uh, what do you think of this movie visually? 
visually. Okay, so let me first admit that when I saw this, I was 11 years old, 10, 11 years old. Um, same, same. Yeah, well, yeah, we're about the same age. So yeah. Um, I, I actually thought this movie was fucking scary, and I am so ashamed of myself. But, <laughs> that, okay, that's I was a kid, whatever. But anyways, going back to that, um, visually, it to me, it doesn't, like, you know, there's some movies you'll watch and you'll be like, wow, I remember this looking a lot better when you were younger. And then you're just like, it did not hold up. I think visually it holds up pretty well. I think they did okay. It's it's okay. I mean, compared to Skin Deep, like, at first I was very disappointed in it because it does not stand up mm. to, like, Friday or, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, like, yeah. when we reviewed the first one of those, those visuals in that movie, the way that they filmed the nighttime scenes and all that, just chef's kiss it still holds up even on a, a low budget this one you can tell is a cheap movie like the lighting is very <laughs> natural during the day uh some of the nighttime scenes are or they're well lit that's what keeps the movie from looking dirt cheap so the nighttime scenes work it's just that whenever you're seeing it it, it looks like it's a it's even looks like a cheaper grade of film i don't know how to describe it other than that it, it, but it, it's kind of got that look to it but it's still it's still decent um I just don't understand, like, I mean, uh, the mm. visuals, uh, or, I mean, as far as, like, the special effects are, are get shoddy. I mean, and I, I know it's the budget, but, like, the pogo stick scene, like, when you're watching it, they couldn't, like, and I got it in the trivia somewhere about why they did what they did. Yeah. But, like, it slows <laughs> down, and he literally, like, jumps, like, twice, and then, like, most of it's off frame, and then you cut back, and there's just a little bit of blood, like, splashed yeah. out of the guy's neck or something, so... Um, the scene where the dad reaches into the tree stump to grab the cat <laughs> that, you know, supposedly was like playing around with, uh, Jennifer Aniston's feet and, uh, meaning the lap has a foot fetish folks. He is, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. <clears throat> but that whenever he looks, he gets his hand like, you know, bit savagely or whatever, and then pulls it back out. There's a scene where it shows a leprechaun in the, the base of the tree and yeah. it looks awful. I, yeah. It just looked bad. <laughs> I, I mean, I. I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I mean, I've seen worse. Don't get me wrong. It's just, you know, like as far as like they're they're you have to embrace the jankiness. of Like if you want, if you want to like this movie at all, because it's just, you're not going to get high quality. No, you're definitely not. I will say this, um, even though it's very cheaply done and it's very 1990s, there is like a, uh, I don't know, graphic or C, I guess their version of CGI of every time he appears somewhere, like when he's, uh, if he's time traveling, if you will, or whatever. Uh, and they speed up the camera and it looks like he's, you know, like in a, that one of those old Benny Hill sketches. No, but that's funny too. I'm talking about when he appears and it's, it's a green uh, lighted version of a skeleton first. And then he forms into it. I thought that was pretty decent. Um, I'll give it credit for this. That the actual design for that leprechaun himself is is great. It it it's it's good actually. You're talking like, about the you know, overall dressing up War, uh, Warwick Davis. Yeah, like how Warwick Davis looks, like with those yeah. nasty ass teeth and the clawed hands, and I think the outfit was a bit much. I mean, it is what a typical leprechaun looks like. I think they could have made it. They really went for it. Let's just put it that way. I think they could have because. You can change what a leprechaun looks like. You could change what a witch looks like. They don't always have to have the pointed hats and the the broomsticks, you know, and the noses. Um, 
So I that that is one thing that I was just like, yes, he looks just like a leprechaun would look. But the fact that he looked just like a leprechaun, but still had to point it out to people and be like, look at my shoe buckles. I'm obviously a leprechaun. And he says it <laughs> over and over. And it's like, how the fuck are you guys not getting that? Even if this guy isn't a real leprechaun, he's dressed like a leprechaun and he's acting like a leprechaun. Like, fucking call him a leprechaun. Yeah, just go ahead and say it. I mean... Nowadays, if you said that to somebody, of course, you'd get in trouble from the, the cancel police because it's like they're a little person. You yeah. don't have to call them names, you know, that sort of thing. But um, which that that's actually a good idea. Somebody should make a leprechaun movie where he gets by with his kills because some <laughs> do-gooder social justice warrior keeps trying to cancel anybody who says anything about him. You know, it's like he is a little person. He deserves our respect. Yeah. You know, and that sort of thing. And they then need that to make person that gets movie. killed for saying that. Yep. <laughs> Um, we're copywriting that. That's Death Holler. If you if you take that story, we just want a cut of it, folks. That's that's all we ask for. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I like the look. They worked it into the story too because they made the whole thing about his shoes. Like he's very vain <laughs> about his shoes. Like he keeps like trying to and and they and he's like a shoemaker or something. So he keeps like trying to clean other people's. He's shoes. got a foot fetish. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Um, I, I cracked up at that scene where Jennifer Aniston uh, is like standing there. And I mean, that's the one scene where she was like, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting into this final girl a little bit because like she, you know, she's been kind of like this standoffish, you know, like just whiny brat. And then, you know, but you can tell that she's into the hunky guy who's like working on her dad's, you know, house or whatever. And then like whenever she starts feeling old lip down there, like kind of rubbing her legs and stuff, she's like, oh, stop it. You know, like in that sort yeah. of way. It's like, I like what's going on. I'm just having to say this so that I don't look like I'm a total, you know, easy, you know, hoe or whatever. But then like, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, I see, you know, and then he even brings it up later, which I love. He's like, so you were liking that I was rubbing yeah. your legs? And you let me? <laughs> and you let me? Yeah. Um, Hold on one second. I want to see, uh, I want to see where this was filmed. It looked like California to me. Okay. There was a lot of scenes where the like it looked like burnout, like it'd been like under a drought or something. It says Valencia Studios or Terminator Two was had recently finished production. That is so funny. Wow. Okay. Hold on. I mean, it could be Valencia, California. Valencia Studios. No, it's not standings. Studios. Valencia Studios. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's in Los Angeles, which is funny because how Jennifer Aniston's character was written as if you were to describe what a California girl is like. Oh, they mentioned that she's from L.A., I think. It was no, they do. Movies. Yeah. But yeah. it was so cliche that I almost thought that somebody from California didn't write this uh, because it was just so stereotypical. And there's really not California people that are, are like, I mean, there's people everywhere that are like as stupid as her, but not like she was like, it was, it's just so funny. I was like, oh my God, this is what everyone thinks everyone from California is like, especially yeah, the women. It's like, yeah, she, she's out in the sticks. She hates it. She hates like the bugs, the, the dirt she's and her way of dealing with it's just to throw money. And it's like, I'm going to stay in somewhere nice. Where's the checkbook? You know, that sort of thing. Let me tell you what a real Californian would do. Cause I am a real California woman. I would do exactly what she did, except I wouldn't throw money 
to make the problem go away because I don't have money. So I would just be complaining. (laughs) I don't want the bugs. This is gross. Make it go away. (laughs) The writer of the movie thought that he was being extra smart by having her also be like heavily or like vain and in her like uh, high end shoes too, because they make a a comment later in the movie, like she's untied, like one of her shoes comes off or something or the guy or, you know, that she's into, um, he removes it at the diner and then like he mentions, he's like, you know, these are pretty fancy for, you know, and like, you know, and then brings it up to her about how her own shoes are like super expensive for that time period. So, uh, LA gear was heavily sponsoring this movie. <laughs> I had those LA gears and I'll tell you what, if I had those shoes today, which I think they still make them, I would fucking be running so fucking fast, dude. I'd be fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> <laughs> those shoes were badass. LA gears. I remember they had a whole ass commercial too. They took the We Will Rock You by Queen and they were like, LA gear will rock you. <laughs> I, I don't know if they were, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think they ever got that popular over here because of course Air Jordans were the, the bomb whenever it came to like, you know, uh, that time period or in, you know, this part of the country. So, um, what, I, I can't remember what movie it was where they were pumping up their Air Jordans and it exploded in their face. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do remember that scene, but I can't, it, it was, I feel like it was one of the, um, it wasn't a scary movie, but it was like, I it was feel a like parody it was, film. It was a parody movie where they did it though. They, cause they kept pumping it up and then it eventually exploded and they had like, almost like the, the goose feathers, you know, in their hair after it like <laughs> blew up for some reason. Like that was inside of the shoe. Some or kind whatever. of powder or something like that. It was yeah. what it was. Uh, did you, okay. So wait, did you have the air Jordans? Are you kidding me? I was broke. No, I didn't have them. Oh, but every dude. kid around here, it's like if they got one, it's like I'm automatically 100% better at playing basketball because I've got these shoes. Okay. I wish they still had those shoes to this day because they really did pump up the inside. It was almost like um, one of those seat. Oh, God. What is that called? Uh, The lumbar support. Mm-hmm. It's almost like yeah. lumbar support in your car if you have that. And it just offered this better support and it just made the shoes that much more cushier dude they were the fucking shit i loved them and when they fit tight to your feet so they mm-hmm. made it easier to run in them. oh yeah you, you you'll be fast as fuck in those <laughs> uh the story in this movie since we've already talked a bit about the visuals um oh god it's 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 some of the dumbest like, <laughs> you know i mean i you got to just roll with it because I mean, you know, it's one thing to take the whole leprechauns and their pot of gold and all that stuff, but there's so many stupid things in this movie. Like, first of all, I know it's not part of the, it's, it's, well, it's part of the story, but it's, I guess it ties in the visuals and some other stuff. Why the hell were they painting that house like bright blue and bright red? Like it looked like a child was like, well, a kid was painting the house to be fair. But I mean, like that old, that older guy was supposed to be like a expert paint painter or something. And like, it was the shit. And I'm like, who picks this color for a house? Oh my God. The blue and the red. Yeah. That was terrible. Um, you know, I, that was, a, <laughs> I, I, I have no explanation for that. <laughs> No explanation, and not only that, but I, I guess she, I no okay because she was just driving down in her fucking white girl Barbie dream vehicle, the Jeep chair or the Jeep uh, Wrangler. Yep, yep, uh, that Jeep. Huh. I'm trying to think. Okay, because her dad hired those painters, and it's like, and 
I don't if know. you look at their truck that they were driving, like, I mean, it's now I, I, I'll give them this, them having a beater truck, I mean, is appropriate and that actually fits. But anybody who is actually worth their shit when it comes to like doing any kind of like handyman work keeps his equipment at least clean. That truck was covered in as much pain as they were. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like even out here in California, a lot of the painters, they drive, I mean, maybe not as rusty of a pickup, a big old dump truck as that one was, but you, they definitely have like paint on their vehicles and stuff like that. And I mean, I know ours did, ours was a pretty renowned painter and they did an amazing job on our house and they had a fucking car. It, it, that truck had seen better days. It, it had a whole ass paint job and it wasn't the kind it needed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can imagine some paint spilling here and there and, like, you know, that yeah. that would fit. But, like, it was like some kid, like, they got that little kid who played in the movie to just sit there and, like, take random strokes with different paintbrushes, like, to all the parts of the vehicle. And I'm like, that's kind of dumb. Like, how'd they, how'd they get it on the, like, I mean, the door itself, why, why are they paint? why are they taking paint into the cab of the truck? Like, I don't understand it. Like, it, <laughs> you know, makes no sense. Yeah, they're just <laughs> small town boys, you know? <laughs> And that's a whole other thing. Like the Aussie himself is, is like, I mean, he, he's getting the Frank honorary, uh, Franklin, Franklin award, award like, for sure. Yes. Um, swallows a piece of gold. Like I, that whole scene's so stupid. Like he's sitting there and he just, he goes to bite on it. And like, just a second later, Oops, I accidentally swallowed it. And it's like, <laughs> what, what, what were you Pac-Man? What the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, you know, it's <laughs> funny that when that happened is I could, it's, <laughs> Sometimes this okay. So basically, he was he was just a big kid. He was an old, an older person with the mind of a kid. And yes. this is the shit that happens to kids. And as a parent, you're standing there like, you just want to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I can one hundred percent see this happening to Benicio, and nothing to do at all with the fact of what we recently talked about with his, you know, <laughs> with his standing in life. But in general. That's just the luck of this kid. Something like that would happen to him. And I was like, I could fucking see that happening to Benny. <laughs> I just, I mean, it, it's uh, during that scene, it's just, I mean, I know they're playing it for the goofiness of it. Yeah. But I saw that and I'm just like, okay, this is the kind of character we're going to be sticking yes. with for most of the movie. And then like. That's my was, man and I'm sticking by him. <laughs> yeah. And and I thought for sure, I'm like, okay, he's going to get killed at some point. Right? Yeah. The, Lep's going to, like, dig that out of his stomach where I have this gruesome scene. It's like, nope, nope, I he know. survives. I was kind of hoping for that. I mean, I know they were like, they want you to feel bad for him because he's kind of special needs. And this is back in 1993 when people were like, oh, well, movie people didn't care about that shit. Well, it existed. It happened in this movie. So, yes, <laughs> they did care. Um, I was hoping for that, too. I was hoping he'd get gutted. We did not get that. I mean, that's one of my issues, and I mean, this is kind of jumping the gun to the Death Holler Awards as far as, like, Jennifer Aniston being a final girl. Final girls typically have to survive against the killer themselves, or at least with just one other helper who's severely hurt toward the movie, and she had the severely hurt mm -hmm. helper in, you know, in, uh, in uh, Nathan, I believe is his name, or, or whichever one's the older brother. I can't remember now, but it doesn't matter. Hot painter but guy. The, uh, yeah, the, the hot painter guy, but, like, you the and I know that it's taboo to kill a kid in the movie, so I could see the kid making it through. But I, for Ozzy to also make it, yeah, hmm, 
it's a little it, it, that kind of makes her where she's and she didn't really have much agency either in the movie as far as the final girl like i don't feel like she there's there's only a couple scenes where she's really doing anything her own the rest of the time she's standing behind yeah and letting the hot painter guy like take, <laughs> you know take the lead Oh and, the, and all the attacks on top of that. So she's smart in that sense. She let him take the damage, but still, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, like story, like it just, I mean, there's just little random things throughout it. I mean, I kind of feel like it's, it's the kind of like, it just feels like they kind of threw the script together like the writer did. And just yeah. Like random scenes. Well, they didn't, it, I mean, okay, here's the story. It's basically a leprechaun that wants his gold no indication really. I mean, yes, they have like a little opening to show that he has his gold and he places a curse. Uh, you get a quick story about how he sold his soul for the gold. But other than that, like no explanation like, okay, well, this will turn you into a leprechaun if you do that or whatnot. Was he always a leprechaun? Was he just a short person? I, oh, nothing. And they changed that with about every movie, like that origin story, by yeah. the way. So, so th- there's all that. And then... It's just basically him chasing his gold now with and with no explanation, because typically somebody like, for instance, the uh, pawn shop owner, he handed the gold over. That should have been it. But he still got killed. He's like, you stole my gold. It's like, you're a presumptuous little fuck, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ends it back and he still kills him just because that's the way he is, you know. So, yeah, I guess they're they're setting up the fact that, you know, he, he just likes to kill and he just uses the gold as an excuse to do it. I guess um, so. And in that case, I would have liked to have seen him planting the gold, you know, and making it that much worse, you know. Uh. One thing, I mean, I appreciate whenever horror movies, because I, I absolutely hate the shit out of it if they don't do this, like they give weaknesses to their monsters, um, which I know when we get later on, there's hardly any weaknesses to, um, you know, like Jason, for instance. But in part six, that, that director was smart. He gave him the weakness of like being in the water that, you know, that was his weakness, which tied into how he died. So that makes sense. But, um, this one, they, they come up with a four-leaf clover thing, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's powerless in the presence of one. You know, it's luck counterbalances his magic somehow. But uh, that whole thing about having a uh, four-leaf clover somehow magically stay in one place on top of a yeah. crate for 10 years is the dumbest. I mean, I mentioned this at work, <laughs> you know, to Cody, and I'm like, what, what was it super glued to the damn thing? And like it, and it was barely desiccated when it fell. Like that thing would have rotted away long ago or been ate by something down in the, you know, like some random bug would have like munched on its remains or something that was in the basement that, you know, I don't, it was it makes no, no the, fucking sense. It was the luck of the Irish keeping it alive. It made no <laughs> sense why that fucking leprechaun was in that crate still alive. Okay. He should have fucking <laughs> starved to death. <laughs> Well, they, they set up in later movies that he doesn't really have to eat. It's just all, which in this one, like, as soon as he gets out, he has to eat, like, this giant bug, and that's, like, you know, yeah. like, because he's been, I, it's that's what I'm saying. Like, they play very fast and loose, and his, like, his powers, like, also is, that's the thing. When you run into, when you got movies about magic, you got to be real careful about establishing boundaries for what the magic can do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they just didn't give two shits about it. It's no. like, oh, he can do this type of magic. Well, why didn't he do it, you know, the other time? Eh, because he felt like doing something else. Okay, I guess that's how it goes. You, you know? could tell throughout the whole making of this film that they really, really tried hard to make this 
a good movie. Like they wa- they intended for this to be a super good movie. Now they got lucky. They had the luck of the Irish on their side because what they ended up creating was a cult classic. And they did something smart and we've talked about it. They took a holiday that hadn't been utilized yet and they made a scary franchise out of that, which is yes. very smart. That it is. That's it's the very way smart. to do it. Have we do we have any holidays that haven't been touched yet? Easter. Do we have an Easter killing? Easter slasher. Um, we we not in not that I'm aware of in the slasher sense. Although I could be proven wrong if I go on the internet later and look at this. Uh, but there is technically Easter uh, horror movie scenes in particular. My, one of my favorite movies uh, in the cheesy you know creature genre is Critters Two. The whole thing it's set right around Easter because the whole thing is that somebody this that, you know. Um, uh, the main character's grandma goes to like get Easter eggs for like the local church, the, like the youth group to hunt. And she goes to this one old guy who happens to have uh, crot eggs, which are the critters, you know, yeah. like, and he, and he, you know, he's local drunk. He just sells them to her and like they hatch and they end up killing the, the local town sheriff who's dressed in a bunny outfit. <laughs> so uh, they get inside the outfit and like munch him up from the inside. And so it's, it's a very disturbing scene. If you're, I mean, like seeing the Easter Bunny just die in front of these children, but, <laughs> I mean, but that it's it's you know quintessential Easter horror, you know, in that sense. Yeah, I mean, we have most slashers. I mean, we have Halloween covered, we have Christmas covered, obviously uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you mentioned, well, kind of a B movie, but a uh, New Year's slasher. N- New Year's Evil. We've got April Fool's Day coming mm-hmm. up here shortly. I mean, that's got its own. Um, one called Graduation Day, which is technically a holiday for kids, I guess. Happy but... Death Day for birthdays. Yep. Um, <laughs> God, and it's May, June, July. I don't know if there's a Fourth of July killer. That'd be kind of cool. Fire cra- exploding people with fireworks. Oh, there is. Uh, that's the. Uh, I still know what you did last summer. Oh, I son of a bitch. Well, is that yeah. when we're reviewing those? <laughs> Yeah, that's when we'll be reviewing those because right. they happen right around the 4th of July, if I remember right. So. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of back-to-school slasher. Uh, yeah, there there's all kinds be. of high school slashers. Um, um, I mean, class of 99, there's, I mean, uh, there's several. I mean, there, uh, prom night is technically, I mean, well, that's its own holiday, I guess, mm-hmm. for kids. So it's a slasher. Yeah, I mean, so this one had been untouched. So going back to Leprechaun, a uh, very smart move. They didn't, ha- I know they intended this to be a great film, uh, it wasn't, but it's turned into a classic, need, needless to say. It's It's got just enough of the cheese and just enough of the, the jokiness to make it last. Like, if it, I don't, part of me wonders if they went a straight horror movie with this, if it would have lasted as well as it did, because I, I, cause it's, it's one of those horror movies that you almost feel like it's in on its own joke. Yeah. So that allows you to laugh along with it and enjoy it for how bad it is. I don't think it was for the first two films. <laughs> and then afterwards, they're like, okay, we just need to roll with it. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I think some of the later movies are actually better, just because they go along with the joke and they amp it up so much. They're like, yeah, we know what these movies are. Let's just do it. Yeah, you know? and there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you're making money. <laughs> No, if it's if, if it's pulling in money, even if it's on that straight to video uh, yeah. market, I mean, <laughs> hey, do your thing, do your thing, cause that's <laughs> what I say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about the acting in this movie or the lack thereof 
I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Jennifer Aniston was that bad. Uh, she, she clearly th- was the standout. I'll tell you why she stands out in this movie. It's 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 screen presence. Her acting is pretty bad because she barely like delivers her lines, but she's got. It, they recognized it whenever they cast her. She's got a screen presence to her. Like you, you were drawn to her every time she's on screen. Yeah, that's probably true. And and I don't. It's one of those weird things. It's like you don't. I mean, you could call it charisma. You can call it you know just her looks in general. Although she's not like like uber hot in this it's just you know but there's just something compelling about her and that's you're just drawn to her in the movie you know oh yeah and then of course warwick davis hamming it up i mean that you know has its own appeal and you know on the opposite side with the slasher itself but um the other people are just i mean like even like hunky guy painter like he he just there like he you know and then the one guy who's playing ozzy is like overacting but it's kind of the character so it's fine and then the kids he he's a bad kid actor, I, I think. So, I don't know what you thought about his acting, but I thought he was one of the Colkin kids. I don't think so, but I don't think he, he is. Nah. I felt like I had seen him. What did you mention? What he was in prior? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, no, his cannot. last name was Gorman. Yeah, yeah, Robert High Gorman. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I've seen him in something else back in the 90s, but it was like another kid's movie of some kind. Yeah. Uh, hold on one second. He's, <clears throat> God, even today he still kind of looks like a, a Culkin, which is funny. Uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dad. Yep. There you go. There we That's, go. That, I was like, that makes sense. I remember him. He was also in a Mel, uh, Mel Gibson movie called Forever Young. That was actually a really good movie, but it's not a Death Holler movie. So by no, any means. I, and you'd be stretching it to say, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead's a uh, death holler movie. Although it is a little bit of human horror in a sense, but it's, you know, it kind of, it's very black humor more than anything. So. Okay. Hold on. Uh, he was also in sometimes they come back. That was in 1991. Okay. Well, we might be seeing him again then in that case. Yeah. Which I got, I really like that movie. Let me see what else we have. Uh, rookie of the year. Holy shit. Um, Mm, nothing else that I can really of any other. Which he wasn't the main actor in that. I know for sure. Cause I, he, that's not the kid who's the no. rookie of the year, but he was probably just like an extra or, you know, kid in that movie or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. The dad's barely in this movie to really even say Thank how God. his acting is. Yeah. He wasn't, he was pretty terrible. And then O'Grady was overacting like that. Oh, yeah. Was. That was so funny with their Irish accents and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, music, it has that. It, it, the music services more of the comedy side in this movie. Oh, it does. It's, not, it's more like a fantasy slash, uh, you know, like kids movie type, like whimsical type music is what it sounds like. Yeah, it has. A, it's fantasy and not even fantasy horror. It's just fantasy. Yeah, like you, you'd expect this music in Willow of all <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like there were scarier moments in Willow than there was in this. <laughs> actually, there probably was because that movie does have some darker creatures, and it's played for the. I mean, I mean, there's there's bumbling humor to it, but it's played more straight than this movie is. So yeah, that, that's probably true. Uh, do you want to hit the trivia up on this? Already? Let's roll into trivia. 
According to Warwick Davis, there was many there were many conflicts between the production company and the distribution company Trimark Pictures. The production wanted to make a horror movie with many gore elements similar to Friday the 13th Saga or Nightmare on Elm Street, while Trimark wanted something similar to Critters or Gremlins that was horror comedy suitable for all audiences. Several versions of certain scenes uh, and and adding a mixture of, of gore and humor were added. Uh, the movie was originally planned as a straightforward horror film, but Davis sought to add more uh, comedic elements. Mark Jones agreed with the tonal shift, and they shot it as a horror comedy. Uh, several scenes had to be reshot after the producers insisted the film be made more gorier to appeal to older audiences. So everybody was fighting back and forth in this movie. Some of them went, you know, more comedy than anything. The horror elements were brought out by others, so that's why it's kind of got this weird mismatch of the two of them. Yeah, and you can tell that the movie's confused just by watching it, which is so sad because I think if we have learned anything from Nightmare on Elm Street is that you can have gore, excessive gore, and still have Freddy one-liners and it still be an enjoyable film. Oh, yeah, and I and, and there's a couple of scenes where they almost do that, where they play the leprechaun like really evil, but then he's got the one-liners to kind of, you know, like emphasize the stuff, but then like the next scene, they, they show him getting shot flat on his ass with a shotgun, and then like it, it looks goofy as fuck, and it's like, okay, now we're back into the comedy side of it again, you know? It, yeah. it just kind of bounces back and forth. And I'm interested to know if, uh, if it was a Warwick that came up with some of the one-liners, or because he was insisting on it being a comedy or, or if that was already written for him. Because I can't see any of those one-liners being um, scary. I'm pretty sure he was probably ad-libbing some of that stuff. And I love know, it. Or, or like coming up with it. And that, the one-liners later on are what make the other movies you know, enjoyable. They yeah. really are. Which, by the way, when we were talking about the acting, I didn't mention Warwick Davis, but I thought he was great. I think he did a great job. He wasn't, it was cheesy and his one-liners were there because that's what it was supposed to be or that's what he intended it to be. Um, but I would say that he probably made the film. Yeah, it's it's his performance as Leprechaun that makes these movies stand out. I mean, that's when you get later on in the series, the main characters absolutely blow, but yeah. it, like seeing him interact with them is, is the highlight of the movie. Yeah. Uh, which is sadly, I think, what happened to Nightmare as well. It's like the characters were got less and less compelling that you were dealing with. You no longer had Patricia Arquette, you know, and some of the strong, like, Dream Warriors or, you know, Nancy. You had these random-ass, like, you know, teenagers that you could care less for the died or not and it was all about seeing freddie you know play the fool as it were you know to him you know yeah. with his one-liners um and then about warwick davis i don't know if you're gonna get into it um if it's it's is any trivia but um is he does he not like playing these characters or does he just roll with it is he oh there, there's yeah there's a line about that i think okay. coming up here shortly perfect we'll address it further there uh, George Lucas received a special thanks credit because Warwick Davis was actually under contract to him, and he gave Davis permission to appear in this movie. Wow, Warwick Davis had a pimp. <laughs> Basically, Lucas is like, okay, little man, uh, you're you're on the dole here, but I'll let you make this little Go movie. Go make me some money, bitch. <laughs> Uh, Vice President Dan Quayle received a special thanks credit because his office sped up a working visa for British actor Warwick, Warwick Davis to be able to appear in this. Well, ain't that just sweet. He can't spell potatoes, but he can get you that working visa. So Aye. good on old Dan Quayle. <laughs> um, learn your history, kids, if you don't know that reference. I know it's old, but it's out <laughs> there. Children. <clears throat> 
Mark Jones, the writer-director, had a career in American television shows. Desiring to make a film, he decided that a low-budget horror film was his best opportunity, and that's smart because we've said several times the best way to make movie or you know money in Hollywood, I mean, return, is always make some low-budget horror movies because they always make their money back or more. Like, yeah. It's almost consistent. Uh, Jones was inspired by the Lucky Charms commercials <laughs> to create a leprechaun character, uh, only his twist was to turn the character into an antagonist. He was surprised there weren't any horror films dedicated to a leprechaun, and despite their dark mythology, there wasn't one that was scary, uh, which is smart again. You know, yeah. he, he saw the the you know void there. Uh, Jones was further influenced by films like Critters and Child's Play, which uh, featured small antagonists. Uh, Jones brought the concept to Trimark, who were looking to get into film production and distribution. Wow. So I'll give him credit for that. Like, I mean, he did his research. He's like, yeah. I mean, they always say that if you want to be successful, find the, you know, find some kind of area that's not being, you know, basically fulfilled for people and then like, you know, cater to that. And, you know, you've got a business and he was just like, well, leprechauns are not in the movies, uh, you know, and there's, you know, and I, and they've got a dark history, so we can work with this, you know? Yeah. And not only that, I, okay. I am unfamiliar with the dark history of leprechauns. I, I guess I don't know a lot about them. I just know short people like Scold, St. Patrick's Day. That's it. Uh, basically, from my understanding, the dark history is is that if you go and like the Irish lore, they're one of the Fae, and, oh, and the Fae ask, are always yeah. playing dark tricks on humans to either capture your soul or to basically remove you from this plane of existence completely. So. Mm. Like, I mean, everybody tries to make like fairies and all that, like in, you know, modern myth as being like, oh, they're so cute. Look at Tinkerbell, you know, that sort of thing. But like, if you go back to the Irish, you know, lore of it, they would, they would like get you to uh, leave like your, especially if you're a child, leave your family, go into the woods and you'd never be seen again. Yeah. Okay. And that's so funny. Uh, on a small tangent. There's this, there was this TikTok I saw. I can't remember it completely, but she kept saying fae, and I know that means basically fairy. And she goes, but my, uh, she goes, I'm not, I don't allow fae in our house. Uh, she didn't have any decor that was fae or anything, but she wanted a certain type of decor, and our kids liked a certain movie. And she felt like she was being the asshole because she was, like, so against that. And I'm like, holy shit, like, how... Irish are you like are, this I mean like this is 2023 like even as a, a Hispanic that's Catholic there's certain things that we don't we back in the day we're like no 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 but like my kids are like eh, this is cool and I'm like ah, okay you know like oh I don't allow that in this house you know it's like mm, you're not that Mexican you know um, yeah, that reminds me there, there's this one TikToker. She's like a younger woman that like, and she's all, and like her older one. She used to like hold up like the, for like a split second, some kind of diploma she had and her like, then I don't know how she ever, I mean, I guess her only job was to ever be either like a college professor for that degree or to be an influencer doing what she did. But, uh, she was basically, she got her degree in like uh, mythology or something on like mythological creatures. And like, and her whole thing was like talking about it and like her and, and she was the same way you're talking about. Like she wouldn't even mention certain fae because to mention them would be to invite their presence, you know, around you or something is almost like demonic in that sense. <laughs> I, I get it. Like my grandma beans was like that, but it's like, mm, no, that you're not inviting them in technically. You're just, I don't know, kind of joking about it. My dad's very superstitious about that stuff. Oh, do not let me make a Mary with the cherry comment 
on fucking Facebook about the Virgin Mary, you know? Um, this is a hint for everybody out there, though, uh, that I heard like while, you know, doing, you know, like seeing those TikToks and everything. If you're out in the middle of the woods and you happen to see a ring of mushrooms, don't step inside that ring. Just don't do it, folks. Just really? Like, yeah, What's it's the... supposed to be. It's like a fairy trap. It's like they you they whisk you away to the fey realm. Like if you step inside, like especially if they're those uh, red and white uh, toadstools and there's oh. a ring of them. Okay, yeah. but what if it's a fairy trap? Meaning it's meant to trap fairies, and you're not a fairy. Uh, no, it means that it's a trap <laughs> made by fairies to catch humans. Ah, boo. <laughs> So does that mean my daughter can no longer have these little mushroom themed things? Because it's so funny that mushrooms, which my daughter is very aware of drugs and everything. uh, Kids are into like not taking mushrooms. I don't know how to say this without sounding like that's what it is. But they're into like uh, mushroom artwork and stuff like that. It's big right now. And these are kids that are not taking mushrooms and not even interested. They know exactly what they do. And they're like, no, I just like the drawings and stuff like that and it's like as a mom that's so hard <laughs> i'm just like Ugh. yeah because that's weird i mean you, you start getting in like all these older stories that involved mushrooms and they were clearly i mean like uh you know um alice in wonderland and yes. they were clearly referencing the psychedelic nature of the oh, mushrooms oh, and... yeah i played that game <laughs> <laughs> hey kids eat the mushrooms oh i can see colors <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm i've twice the size i used to be now i'm shrunk to the size of a mouse uh, no, can you imagine the kids no, you're not you, coming you home think you are the kids coming home from my daughter's birthday like yeah mom we were playing this game and we got to eat mushrooms and yeah, i saw this color <laughs> like oh, oh my god i promised it was a video game and we didn't really take mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> okay off of the fay uh warwick davis performed most of his own stunts mainly because it was challenging to find a stunt double that matched his size oh they should have called me <laughs> oh god <laughs> unfortunately during filming he suffered a lung infection Aww. and the production was uh filmed with a double with davis dubbing over the lines in post after he was healed the taller stunt double in the bear trap scene was deep roy um, who was in, you know, some later movies like the, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, you know, Johnny oh, Depp yeah. version. Uh, despite this, he was the only actor who didn't get hurt when it came to stunts. Wow. So, um, uh, applying the leprechaun makeup to Warwick Davis took three hours. It always seems to take three hours yeah, for this makeup. Yeah, that's like, a magical number. And take and it and it uh, taking it off took another forty minutes. Davis described the experience as not a pleasant sensation. That's always said by these actors too. Yeah. <clears throat> and to pass the time while the makeup was being applied, Davis said he had bizarre conversations with uh, Gabriel Bartalos, with whom he got along with well. Uh, Davis was conscious of the need to stay relaxed and not move, and he channeled his confidence that the makeup effects were properly applied into his acting. Wow. I mean, you have to have a great relationship with your makeup artist. Could you imagine getting your makeup done by somebody you fucking loathe? Oh, yeah. And you're sitting there for three hours and they're just go droning on and on about bullshit. And it's like, no, I don't care about, yeah. you know, your your significant other and your your trials and tribulations with them. Can you please just get this the fuck over with while I can, so I can do my damn job? Um, I recently watched, this is a tangent, but it's about the makeup part, uh, the uh, Pennywise, mm. the making of it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, they, you know, they kind of go through, it's a documentary just about that movie. And, and and God bless him, Tim Curry's on there. Like, it was filmed rec- in, like, recent years. And, of course, he's had some health issues. Almost looks like a stroke. I don't really know what's going on with him. He can barely, like, move his, you know, mm. like, mouth when he talks and stuff. Yeah. But he still as witty as he ever was. Oh, my God. And, 
And uh, he's talking about like, you know, they were, they were talking about like whenever they were casting him as Pennywise, they were going to apply all this shit to his face. And he told them, you know, after we discussed on the lost episode, folks, about <laughs> legend, how terrible it was for him whenever he was getting all that applied to him. And he looked at him, he said, you're going to have to get somebody else if that's what you want. He said, I will come in if you will do a quick job that just barely covers my face with like clown makeup. Because he said, he said, you're hiring, are you hiring me because, you know, you want Tim Curry or you, and you want my facial expressions and the way I act? Or do you want somebody just to be covered up in a bunch of makeup? Because he said, you get anybody to do mm-hmm. that. But if you want Tim Curry and you want to see my face, I've, it's got to be, you know, seen. You, you can't cover it up with a bunch of stuff for me to be able to act. And yeah. they, they thought about it and they were like, you're right. We want Tim Curry. And, and so, and that's made that, and that movie is all about him. Like if yeah. when you go back and watch it, it's, if it wasn't him with the way that he does his, you know, facial, you know, things and his facial acting and the, and the particular way that he delivers the lines that Pennywise would have never caught on the way that he did. Well, yeah. And not only that, but think <laughs> about it. Like his, it's exactly what that was because he was made to look like a typical clown would in what the seventies, eighties. Yeah. Oh wait, mm-hmm. wait, this was nineties, wasn't it? But well, it was, it, it took, was in the nineties, but, but it was it based place. on like Bozo the Clown. So yeah, yeah. basically seventies and eighties. Okay, so and then not only that, but they were able to get into the effects when they had it come out with his teeth and his eyes. And everything, they were able to do a little bit more with that. And I think it was more effective because it was like clowns are already kind of scary. They're just creepy as it is. I mean, come on, John Wayne Gacy was already a thing back then, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was like one of the things that people like, you know, always tie to it is, you know, that whole thing. But I just think that's such a valid point that he made. It's like, if you're hiring me for my acting ability, you've got to be able to see my face or I can't play this character the way you want me to play it, you know? Yeah. And And that was a whole other thing they brought up, too. They, they they hired him, and they just said, you do what you think is best for the character. So that was all all Tim yeah. Curry in that movie. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> I just, I mean, that shows you what a good actor brings to the, and, and, and Warwick Davis, I mean, to his credit, I mean, he was covered up, but I mean, it's his acting that made the character stand out. Yeah. Um, Tony Cox, one of Warwick Davis' uh, other stunt doubles, later appeared in Leprechaun 2. Uh, Deep Roy uh, later appeared in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, as I said, and then Roy broke his wrist when he punched through the truck window in one of the scenes of this movie. Okay. What kind of a window, truck, what, what kind of a windshield? Don't they have, like, sugar glass that they do? They usually have sugar glass, but sometimes, to, from what I've heard, it doesn't break as easily as it should, and some, if you really want it to break and you don't want the risk of any kind of damage to the stunt actor, you ha- there's another type of glass that they can use that's not even, but it, it's so flimsy that it, you know, they don't like using it unless they have to, but like, even sugar glass is, is like, dense enough to where it can be a problem in some yeah. scenes. Good God. <laughs> Uh, Warwick Davis and Mark Holden are the only people in this movie that have been in another Leprechaun movie. Uh, when casting Jennifer Aniston, she almost didn't get the role as the executives wanted a blonde Valley girl. Director Mark Jones recognized that Aniston had star power, and that was smart of him. Yes. Uh, the moment he saw her audition, but he had to fight to get her the part. Eventually, they agreed to cast uh, when Jones promised to have Aniston bleach her hair, which never happened. So they, they agreed to hire her, but oh, like, it's like she's got to bleach her hair. And then, and then it's like, fuck it. We're not going to do that anyway. She wasn't even a deep brunette. So yeah. Uh, Jones said that she was charming and easy to work with. Warwick Davis also said that she had a lot of ambition and knew she, and, and he knew that she would be a breakout star someday. 
She definitely had that. Like, I watching her, I was like, okay, it, yes, it's not great acting. This is a B f- film by any standard, but she she definitely had something. You called it screen presence. Um, I don't, I mean, there wasn't, you said she didn't deliver her lines great, but I'm like, there wasn't really anything to deliver. They didn't give her a lot to her character. There wasn't, but like some of the scenes, like where I mean, where she's supposed to be, and I, and I don't know if it's and you, and this is all based on the director too. So yeah. the director's at fault for this. But some of the lines where she's supposed to be, you know, like horrified at what she's seeing, it just comes off more as a bratty, like you know, like wine response to it, you yeah, know, as opposed to like actual fear. And you know, again, that that's the director. If he wanted more out of her in that scene, he could have just said, hey, let's redo that and act more afraid. But, like, what we got is literally her just, like, you know, it's almost like a what the fuck as opposed to, like, oh, my God, you know, that, that difference in the reaction. Um, I'm letting <clears throat> you know the scene of her hiding in the back of the cop car in the first film, and she's begging him to go away 100%. When we meet up in Orlando for a Hollywood Horror Nights or a, a Halloween Horror Nights, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see me <laughs> ducking and screaming and begging for the whole thing to stop. Uh, and you're going to be very disappointed. And I'm just letting you know that now because if I set you up now, at least you know what you're getting into when you walk into a house with me. I feel bad for for the missus more than anything. It's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what we'll, is she we'll doing? Pro- we laugh at people that do that, so you'll provide Good. us amusement. Good entertainment. Just just walk behind me. Uh, me and little Lucifina are usually in the front anyway, so. <laughs> the scene where Alex talks to Ozzy uh, uh, about uh, using brain operation to make him smarter was a scene Trimark wanted to cut out, feeling it was disrespectful to the mentally disabled. The director felt it's an innocent idea that shows the love between these two friends with Alex being a child, but trying to learn to be an adult, but still has the mindset of a child like Ozzy, mm-hmm. which is why the two would bond as friends in the film. That made sense to me. Yeah. I mean, kids and, and that's something that kills me too about modern cinema. Kids can be cruel. I mean, mm-hmm. like, and, and they bag on each other if they're friends. So, I mean, that actually seems more realistic that he would say something like that. Well, yeah. And not only that, but they also, um, I didn't feel like he was talking shit. I thought for a minute that he actually believed it, but there is a scene where he's like, well, he goes, you know, I know that, 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 that surgery doesn't exist, but he doesn't know that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is he trying, is he saying that to make his friend feel better or something? Is what you, where you're coming from at that point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what he thought that that money was going to do for them, but I think he thought more than anything that money would probably give them a better life than what they had currently. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and well, fucking, uh, what's his name though? Uh, Ozzy was like, I can buy narcotics weekly. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, how how mentally damaged are you? This yes. sounds like something a, just a crackhead would say on a random Tuesday yeah. at the, the gas station. When it came to casting, everybody wanted a little person to play the leprechaun, but someone asked Mark or director Mark Jones about Warwick Davis, hot off his success with Willow in 88. Uh, Jones didn't think such an accomplished actor would be interested in starring in his low-budget horror film. Eventually, he took the chance and sent the script to his home in England. Davis read the script and was delighted to play a villain. As an actor, he was going through dark times and hadn't worked in seven or eight months and was at a point where he wasn't sure if he wanted to continue acting. Shortly after receiving the script, his newborn son passed away. 
and he felt it would be therapeutic for him and his wife. And he really wanted to express his dark side when creating his take on the character as his first villain role. That is tragic that he had to go through all that. I know. Dang, I didn't know he was married. Um, yeah, I don't know if she's, you know, a little person as well or, you know, or, or not. I, I don't know much about his uh, personal life, to be honest. But when I read that, when I first read that, I was like, damn, that fucking sucks. I mean, but if it may, if it was therapeutic for him to play this character, then at least that helped in some sense. Uh, he is married to a little woman. Um, I don't know how tall Warwick Davis is, but they do have a small family. His wife is taller than him. Uh, I'm going to guess he's like three foot one. She looks to be about four foot one. Okay. This is my guesstimation. And they have uh, a daughter who looks like she's in her teens wearing, it's got to be at least six inch heels. And she looks to be three foot 11. And then their son is, but a wee man. And I don't know if he stayed that way. Uh, They're all almost about the same height now. Warwick being not the shortest. His son actually being the shortest. His son is his twin. Holy shit. His daughter looks Hispanic. <laughs> Look at me with all the deets. See, you ask and you will receive. Well, I appreciate that. That 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 gives us a little bit of insight to the. Oh my know. god! His wife. Guess how tall she is. How tall? Four foot one. I was exactly fucking on it. Exactly what you said. It. You yes. were 100% on that. Uh, it, it was on our IMDb. I scrolled down a little bit, which is so funny. Way to go, me. Now I got to find out how tall Warwick Davis is. But anyways, the funniest thing that shows up on her IMDb on just Google's front page is that she was in a movie called Honky Sausages. Honky Sausages. I feel slightly offended by that <laughs> and also slightly hungry, I guess. So there um, you go. Warwick Davis is three foot six. So I was off by five inches. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of that, uh, he felt that the shoes were essential to the character. The huge platforms were a challenge to walk in, like I said earlier. But once he got it down, they gave him a distinctive gait. Uh, Davis said the shoes did more to get him in the character than even the makeup. Wow. Because of this, he insisted on having them in every Leprechaun movie he starred in. Amazing. Yeah, hey, if you uh, know something good when you got it. Well, and that's kind of like how, you know, the shoes gave him that weird, like, way of walking that we talked about, like how Freddy's got a weird way of walking because how the glove makes him, like, slump down on one side because of the weight. So yeah. it's kind of like leaning into, like, the, the makeup and stuff like that and the costuming. I fucking love that. The hospital used in the movie was also in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 82. Okay, I thought I recognized it. Honestly. And isn't Season of the Witch my favorite one? Uh, we've not I've got told there you, yet. That I thought that I've told you in the past. I know we haven't watched them yet. Maybe. So you like <clears> the one that has uh, Tom Atkins going around watching little kids get turned into like bugs and snakes? Mm-hmm. From their, it's okay. Yeah. Maybe it's not my favorite. I need to recant right now because people will take that heart and be like, when we watch it, be like, oh, well, you said it's the one I remember the most. I will go ahead and say right now that the first one in the series is my favorite and varying degrees of success from the others, but three is the next best sequel. And yes, I I understand that all the haters that love Michael Myers can come at me because, um, you know, Michael was best in part one and even Carpenter will admit that. And then every other movie after that is some, you know, varying degrees of how shitty is Michael in this one. So, and that one, that one's good because it's a different concept to me. 
when the leprechaun hops over on a pogo <laughs> yeah. stick, it is played in slow motion. This is because the stunt double using it was only able to get two jumps in because it was hard to operate on set, so the scene was slowed down to make it look like more. The studio also ordered insert shots to make the scene gorier. <laughs> this is a good scene. I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't it, great. Uh, it worked. I like, so. I like whenever they do interesting kills in these movies. Yeah. Because, I mean, especially after the Scream, you know, franchise coverage, I, I got so tired of just random stabs. <laughs> they, 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 they work when they're brutal, but at the same time, you know, it's, it, you know, change it up a little bit. Yeah. During pre-production, the execs at Trimark weren't sure if they wanted Mark Jones to direct. They even offered him money to step down as the director, but he turned down their offer, saying that the only reason he wrote the script was to direct it. Uh, he set out to prove himself. He had the uh, kitchen chase scenes already storyboarded and showed it to Trimark. Uh, the studio was impressed and gave him the job, but felt like uh, they would get rid of him if they didn't like the dailies two days in a row. Wow. He yeah. So, he was always under the gun from Trimark on this one. Damn, no pressure. The script Warwick Davis read was one of the more uh, was the more comedic drafts Mark Jones had written. Davis said it was like a scary movie for a PG-13 audience. He shaped his portrayal of the character around this idea and played up the comedy in his performance. He was disappointed the film ended up being rated R. He said it was difficult to change his performance in reshoots. Had he known it was rated R from the start, he would have portrayed the character differently. Mm, I, you know, I have to agree. That is disappointing when you're going for one thing. You don't get it anyways, especially in horror films, because it's like, well, fuck, we could have just fucking took this to the limit then. Yeah, and, and we've heard that several times over. Like, I mean, they, they aimed for the R, uh, had to cut back a bunch of stuff to even to even get, like, under, you know, the PG-13, and then whenever they find out later, they still didn't get the PG-13 because the they had some random bullshit. It's like, well, if I'd known that and I was going to get the R from the begin with, you know, to begin with, I would have just, you know, laid into everything, you know, that much more. Yeah. Uh, throughout the film, um, there are many shots that lingers on close-ups of the character's shoes. <laughs> this is to give us the leprechaun's point of view who's <laughs> obsessed it. with them. Yes, and not only that, he's also shorter. You're getting that shorter person view. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, I call it the crack cam because going back to critters, there's a lot of scenes where it's like you're in the eye view, like the point of view of the critters. It's like trying to sneak up on somebody, which I love. Yeah. Uh, with each character having in individual shoes that would match their personality. Uh, Tori with L.A. Fear sneakers. L.A. Uh, gear. <laughs> well, somebody put fear on the the, the whole uh, IMDb thing. That's I, so I funny. To... No, I know. Uh, they should have called them L.A. Fears. That would have been and, sick. And I wonder if they are now because I was looking at them and I just, um, I saw L.A. Gear because they were the exact ones that I had. But they could have said L.A. Fear. They could have, honestly. Uh, Ozzy's Chuck Taylor All-Stars uh, and Alex's Reebok. All of these, uh, none of these actually sponsored the movie, but they all got special thanks in the credits. Oh, my God. <clears throat> in recent years, there's been a lot of misinformation about the scene where the leprechaun eats a cereal called Lucky Clovers. It has been said that the box was originally supposed to be Lucky Charms, but the company responsible for the brand was so upset that, they, uh, that he spit their cereal out that they demanded to have the brand removed from the film. Uh, many believe that while Alex says the end was used as a retort for the, from the director, but none of this is true, however, as the box of cereal was always intended to be an off-brand parody and that the Lucky Charms line was used in the original 88 uh, script. Despite this, the studio hated the line and wanted it cut, but the director wanted to keep uh, wanted it kept as a crowd-pleasing moment. I thought it was a good line, you know. It's like, you know, the whole thing about Lucky Charms. Yeah, 
fuck you, you know, Lucky Charms. I loved it. Um, a slight change of topic going backwards again to the LA gear. It did say LA gear, so it was just probably okay. fat fingered in IMDb. But uh, I sent you a photo, and those were the shoes I had. But does this not look like a kid walking? I sent it into uh, into our. Um, Let me look here. I just now trying to get to load up. Uh, yes, that's. Uh, I mean, it's her, and she probably just has really small feet. But it, I was like, "Is this a kid that's in the movie?" All of a sudden, then I was like, "Oh wait, that's Jennifer Aniston." Oh wait, and I it's probably this. just the LA Gears themselves. But they the, the the way that they're so like large, comically large, like around her foot, they it, yeah. it does look more like a, a kid in those shoes. Than I'm it would, telling would be you, her. if I had those, I'd be running fast as fuck. Okay, <laughs> see how fast I could run in my shoes. I'll send you guys a video too. Uh, you can post it on TikTok sometime. You can, <laughs> you know, just reenact the scene from the Leprechaun. Just have uh, Benny or somebody behind you going, "I'm the Leprechaun." And I you're can't. Like He's away. taller than me now. I have to be the Leprechaun. <laughs> Maybe little Lucifina. She's still the shorter one. So, um, during the scene where the Leprechaun cleans the shoes, there was supposed to be a scene where he makes a Dagwood sandwich out of motor oil and nails. It's an homage to Scooby Doo, but the studio had the scene cut. That just makes no sense. To yeah, me I'm whatsoever. glad they did that. And you know what? I am so happy they kept the shoe cleaning scene over making a sandwich. Um, that was hilarious. Yeah, that, and then they come back and like Jennifer Aniston's like, looks like, who the fuck did this? What, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Trimark wanted to remove the shoe throwing scene, but the director fought hard to keep it in. Good job. <laughs> Got to get those chanclas in there anytime we can. <laughs> Uh, when John Sanderford was hired, it was mostly because of his beard. Uh, once he showed up on set, he shaved before shooting, to which the director was surprised by. The beard we see uh, on screen had to be created with prosthetic makeup effects. So the guy, it's like what we talked about, um, My Bloody Valentine, where they got they, they scouted locations, found the perfect mine because it looked this huge. Yeah. The town cleaned it up, and then they'd go back in there and, you know, dirty Scruff it back it up, it again, up which cost a bunch of the budget. Same thing with this. It's like, I like your beard, dude. You're hired. And then he shows up clean shaven. It's like, what the fuck? Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, although the female lead, Jennifer Aniston, denies the film, she held negotiations with Trimark Pictures to make the sequel where one of the scripts followed on how the leprechaun would seek revenge on Tori Redding by tricking her into marrying him. Mm. Uh, Aniston was offered 25000 but refused to reprise her character because she was focused on the Friends series that was starting its broadcast. Uh, so for Leprechaun 2, her character was replaced. Mm. Um, so she's trying to, like, is she embarrassed by this film? Oh, yes. We'll get into that here in a second. Her and uh, Warwick Davis uh, have fights because of this movie. Oh, because good. I'm glad she's fighting her. it so much. She can fuck off. <laughs> uh, Writer-director Mark Jones came up with the mythology that the only way to kill a leprechaun was with a four-leaf clover. He wanted to, it to be like a wooden stake for vampires, and he was really disappointed that his mythology didn't carry over in the sequels, and it does not. They change it in every yeah. fucking movie. I would be too, because I think that's I think that's a great way, because it's it, maybe it's not so much a way to kill him. Obviously, it's a way to disable him pretty well and keep him trapped, because you can press a four-leaf clover... And it'll hold. Like, you can save one. I know my grandma used to do that. If we found one, she would press it in the books. And although it's not like it's going to be a fresh four-leaf clover, it would, it still looked like a four-leaf clover, you know? 
Um, yeah. I yeah. think that that was great mythology. And not only that, they're not easy to find. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's one of the more interesting and smart ideas in the movie. I mean, as far as like the actual weaknesses that the uh, leprechaun has, because like you said, it's that's exactly right. I mean, even though I th- I feel like it's a stupid scene in the movie where the, all the protagonists just suddenly like stopping everything just to try to find one in the yeah. backyard, it is like super hard to. Ha- so if you if you have one, like you've got to hold on to it for dear life, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it works and. I don't know. I, it doesn't make it to where you could just shoot somebody because that's boring, you know. And it matches the it matches the theme. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's it's luck of the Irish. It's fucking four leaf clovers. It's fucking leprechauns. Okay. I just imagine it being an episode of Supernatural. Uh, just take whatever and just put it into a shotgun shell. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. I Pretty mean. much. Uh, when when the leprechaun's hand pokes through the phone. Uh, uh, it's uh, it was hugely compared to a scene, a similar scene oh, in yeah. Elm Street with Freddy's tongue, or, or yeah. And then uh, the director Mark Jones said that it was never intended to be an homage to that scene. The effect was created using a foam rubber hand that Gabriel Bartolos operated with a cable off screen. He can say that, but it, when I watched that scene, I mean, even I mean, I I watched it after I read this. It totally looks like that scene. Oh where yeah, she's like talking on the phone, and the tongue comes out of the bottom of the receiver. Fucking Freddy and his tongue! I swear to God. <laughs> Now it's in his hand. Uh, despite the leprechaun not having an official name in the series, in the original script, the character was named Basil. No, thank uh, you. At, uh, at one point, there was going to be an old circus wagon with a name on it, but it was never shot. Director Mark Jones wished he would have consulted the character uh, uh, on the name for the marquee value, although in the comics he was named Lubdan, which fans uh, prefer to call him, since uh, but they aren't canons of the series, so... That, that's why you don't know his names, because it's in the comic book series that he was called Lubdan. Okay, so is Lubdan uh, part of the Legend series? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's the the Lost Legends, as oh, it were, God. the non-canon. Uh, Kathleen Kenny would probably fuck this series up, despite oh, how she bad would. it is to begin with. Uh, he would be very, Lep, Mr. Lep would be very um, woke. Uh, <laughs> he would probably be black. Um, he would yeah, be. Yeah, he is redheaded, so he would get replaced. Yes, he would be six foot one. <laughs> and he'd have Air Jordans. Uh, and somebody'd be trying to steal his Air Jordans. Yeah, somebody'd be stealing his uh, or Air Force Ones, whichever you know. Uh, Gabriel Bartelos designed the look of the leprechaun to evolve in three stages throughout the movie. The first stage gave him a friendlier appearance with Davis's features like a rounded nose and chin and smaller ears. The second stage gave him more hook nose, pointier chin, sharper teeth, and prominent wrinkles. The third and final added green locks of mold gro- uh, growing on his face and longer hair. One alternative design that was never used gave him elongated sharp teeth, longer ears, and black soulless eyes. Hmm. I mean... Although stage three would be kind of cool, I think he looked good not having black soulless eyes because he was just as scary. Yeah, I I think that it's uh, his eyes actually make him scarier. Yeah, and, especially in some of the later movies. Even though he's playing it like comedy, it's just he's got like a manana, a maniacal like homicidal look to him or something. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> During the filming, the protagonist, uh, Jennifer Aniston, and the antagonist, Warwick Davis, got along very well and had good chemistry off camera. 
Aniston was happy to work with Warwick. Uh, currently, both, uh, but but currently both have tense relationship because every time Jennifer Aniston uh, denigrates or uh, denies the film, uh, Davis usually responds to her. Uh, in a television program, Davis even said that Aniston's annoyance was seeing the movie and seeing herself without so many facial surgeries and rhinoplasty. Ooh, that's a burn. He folks. is. <laughs> She's gonna need some plastic surgery for that burn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's well deserved because I think it is so disrespectful for any star. I don't understand how any accomplished star and whatever, like, it's not even being humble. It's just flat out being rude. And it's like, you have to acknowledge where you came from. Just like somebody who makes it in the world and they become successful and they're like, you know, uh, my parents didn't have any money and, you know, we were on government assistance and blah, blah, blah. And I drank powdered milk and now look at me, you know, and it's not like, oh, look at me now I'm greater. It's like, you know, I worked hard for this. And it's like, you can't admit that you had to start somewhere. You were just always this amazing actress and always had a wonderful nose. Like acknowledge that shit. Be humble, you know? If you want a classy example of that, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who oh, just yeah. recently won the Oscar, she, in her speech, she gave credit to all of the fans that stuck with her through all the years that she was just a cult actress, you know, for Halloween and some of the original horror movies she was in, uh, like The Fog, and, like, you know, acknowledged that it was because of them and their enthusiasm that, you know, kept her, uh, you know, in the business and kept her, you know, employed to the point where she eventually got in a film that won her an Oscar, so. She even admits that she's a Nepo baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She brings it up. She brings it up. And she, you know what? It's like she could be ashamed of that. She could huddle in a corner or she could deny it. Um, uh, denial is a river that runs in Egypt, folks. But, I mean, you know, she doesn't. She just probably says, hey, you know, like this is where I started and it wasn't supposed to be shit, but now look at me, you know? Yeah, she's and I mean, it's, well. and she's not shitting on the legacy of what mm-hmm. she was doing. It's, you know, I, I, I agree with you on Aniston. It's just ridiculous that she's got to be that way about it because, I mean, she's not considering, you know, the other people that, that film the movie, you know, whenever she's throwing that, that hate out there. You yeah. know, it's like this was a shit movie, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, just totally ignore all your, you know, co-stars in the movie and, and throw them under the bus. And the directors that gave you an opportunity when they didn't have to. The director, the producers, I mean, everybody involved. I mean, the production crew, every, you know, all the people that works on a movie. I mean, you're just throwing them all under the bus in that sense. Yeah, it, I don't know. I just, <clears throat> and maybe it'd be different for me if I ever had that opportunity. I don't think I'd be embarrassed of where I came from. I'd be like, yeah, the, you know, yeah, it wasn't the greatest, but I had fun and it got me started and it was an experience and we all need experience in our jobs. You don't start out just being amazing, you know? It, if she wanted to be classy about it, what she the way to address it is say, I feel like I was terrible in that movie and I can't watch it anymore, but I appreciate what, you know, that yeah. it, it's, you know, got me to start, you know, oh, and yeah. that's the way you address that. Oh, 100%. Um, the scene where the leprechaun rides on a bicycle originally had him to remain under the truck. Uh, then when the truck leaves, he gets run over and buried in the dirt with the tire tracks printed over his body. They filmed the <laughs> stunt with Warwick Davis buried underground with a tube to breathe through, but unfortunately the studio cut the scene because they thought it was too cartoony. Mm, lame. Uh, it, they they land the cartoony later on, and it's so much better, so they should have kept it. They should have kept it, yeah. I mean, I was like, there's quite a few. I mean, come on, the skating scene? <laughs> the, the going through the fence? 
Yeah, and it leaves a complete like outline of his like the body that you know just like in a cartoon like that right there by itself. I, I thought the same thing when I saw that. Yeah, I, I'm like okay. If you want to talk about cartoony, that was cartoony. This would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just think it's kind of ridiculous that it's it's them, you know, wanting more of a horror film, and then like you know, it's that whole thing. I, I just wish that somebody they could have got together and figured out what tone they wanted with the movie because I think it would have been better overall if they would have went one way or the other with it. Uh, Vidmark released the movie on VHS in April of 93. It sold over 100,000 copies. The following year, Jennifer Aniston had become a household name with the premiere of Friends in 94. Due in part to her success, the movie became a popular video rental in the 90s. So much so that they, they started releasing this movie. They started putting on it with Jennifer Aniston from Friends. Oh, <laughs> I bet you she loved that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to Freddy Krueger in a Nightmare on Elm Street, Leprechaun's face is hidden in the shadows at the start of the film, leaving audiences to wait in anticipation for the full reveal of the character, which you don't get until you have him sitting there in that chair when Mrs. O'Grady like first yeah. like, walks in on him, and then he finally you know comes in the light long enough to see his face. I will admit that I liked that. Uh, when the last shot had uh, Leprechaun's voiceover at the end of the movie, Warwick Davis was happy to do the voiceover because he knew it hinted at a sequel, and he was hoping that he would get to play the Leprechaun again, which he did multiple times, folks. And uh, I love that about him. <laughs> I love that he was, see, that's an actor, and look at if people, what is Jennifer Aniston going to say? Oh, well, he was lucky to have that role. It was made for him because he's a short man. That's disrespectful. I bet you that's what uh, she's yeah, thinking, she though. She get her canceled real quick if she tried that shit. Yeah, and it's so, like, it is kind of disrespectful for her to be, like, she doesn't have to agree to anything, but she's being a snot. She's being the actress that she was in this film, you know? <laughs> she's being that character. It's like, I'm, gonna, I'm from L.A. I'm going to whine about this. Um when creating the effect that the leprechaun is melting from the inside, Warwick Davis had to wear an acrylic jawbone and Ooh. had several tubes of super glue to his body. Uh, slime and cigar smoke were blown through the tubes to create the illusion. Then the animatronic puppet was created by Davis himself from within that well. Um, or was operated by Davis himself. The director, Mark Jones, wished that he had made the well look older and more weathered. I like that scene. I think it was yeah. for what the for the budget they had, which we always say you have to get creative. I think they did a great job. Going back on the visuals, that now that I remember that scene, mm -hmm. thinking about it, yes, that was that was a good use of practical effects mm -hmm. that, that worked for them. Yeah, I wonder super glued to him though, like super glued to his body, or hopefully super glued to a shirt or something. Because damn, oh God, I hope it's to it was to the some kind of body suit they had on yeah. him. Yeah, I mean that makes no sense otherwise. Yeah, I mean they they could have reused super glue remover, but even with that, you're still talking about it's going to be very irritating to the skin and everything else feels directly to the body that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Death Holler Awards for this movie. What do we think about Tori Rating as a final girl? Pass. <laughs> uh, short answer, yes. I, I agree with that statement. Too whiny, not enough agency against the, the, the bad guy. I mean, she does, you know, have that, toward the end a little bit step it up, but I still feel like she held more on to having the, the hunky painter, like, do the work for her than, like, you know, as opposed to, I mean, you could probably argue that a little bit about the final girl in, in, Friday, in Friday the 13th Part 6 mm -hmm. because it was Tommy Jarvis that did most of the work in that one, but she did bring Jarvis back from, you know, basically death yeah. uh, at the end of the movie. So she served a purpose in that sense. 
Aniston never really had because she had three other people around her at all times. I mean, yeah, it's and and then her just being so damn whiny. The only thing I'll give her credit for is I did enjoy that scene. Uh, you know, and you can say whatever you want to. The reason why I enjoyed it, but like her getting so into the fact that she was having her legs rubbed because it was just <laughs> like it showed a little bit how cheeky, you know, and like you know her her character was definitely not approved. Like I mean, she was. I mean, she was. She was thinking about some stuff in that scene. So. Uh, yeah. Um, her acting wasn't terrible, but she just wasn't, she wasn't written as a final girl. I don't know what, she was written just, she was supposed to be the bimbo. Uh, yeah, she's, I mean, yeah, in the movie, she's never really portrayed as like the, the, the smartest character, which is another trait that most final girls have. They're very inventive and they, they, you know, even like in, and they're very quick thinking in like emergency situations. I, I feel like she was always, I mean, she, there was a couple of times where she's like, well, have, you know, let's call 911 for so-and-so. And of course the phone line was cut and all that. So she showed a little bit of drive in that sense, but she never really like went out of her way to, you know, try to outthink, you know, the, the bad guy or try to come up with a way to, to get them out of the situation they were in. Yeah. Um, what about the leprechaun? What do we think about him as a slasher? Um, I, I love him. <laughs> I think he's like, it was, it was so smart of them to create him and Warwick Davis. They, they were very lucky to have gotten him sex at, at, at a, at a pretty low time. You know, um, I, I don't, I kind of wonder if he would have taken it if he was not going through what he went through. I feel like he would have, you know, um, but I'm glad he took the chance and I'm glad that the, um, the directors did too. And saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's see. Worst he's going to say is no. And this is sad too, but I've seen some scenes from the recent Willow TV show uh -huh. and Warwick Davis does a much better job conveying, getting into the character and conveying the character in the Leprechaun series than he ever did in that new Willow series. Yeah. It's like, he's not there, you know, he, he just, it's like, he's checked out. Like he's just collecting a paycheck in the Willow series and you can tell that he's having fun in this, which is the main thing. Like, you get the same vibe from, you know, Robert England as you do from Warwick yeah. Davis, you know, in that way. Well, and I don't know what Warwick Davis, if he has a disease or syndrome that has caused him to be his height. Um, but there's usually sometimes when they have these, you know, syndromes, they don't typically live long. Sometimes. Yeah, that's like that's you're talking about like the Gary Coleman effect where he had like kidney disease because uh, his his like he didn't he didn't fully develop and like it was both a combination of his kidney disease led to his stunted growth, but also like his stunted kidneys, you know, like also led to him having a premature death, I believe. If I yeah. Remember right. Um, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is if that's the case. Um, he's 53 years old, so it's possible he's feeling a lot of aches and pains that. Oh yeah. They, they do. I mean, at like an earlier age, just because of their body, the way that their body's shaped and the way that they have to walk to account for it. Cause a lot of them have like curved spines, especially because of how they're, you know, how their, the growth was. Oh my God. I cannot pronounce this. I have to send this to you. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully your internet was it spina bifida or something or no i know how to pronounce that wow very bold of you to assume i can't say that no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh it's it's a lot of words it's a lot of adult words and i need an adultier adult 
And you're older than me by like two weeks. Spondyloepiseal dysplasia congentia. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's a bone disorder, basically. <laughs> In a nutshell, it's a bone disorder. So he probably is feeling a lot of fucking aches and pains, and he might be breaking down. I don't know. He doesn't talk about his health, so I don't want to assume. Uh, but that's what I'm doing. I'm just assuming that, you know. Yeah, I mean, but it's a it's a pretty easy assumption to make. I mean, you know, given, and I mean, he he has suffered some injuries too throughout the years because just like we mentioned, a lot of times whenever you're that size of an actor, you don't really have the luxury of having a bunch of stunt men to or you know stunt women to fill in for you. So it's you got to kind of you know roll the punches as it were, and you get injured, you know, on set. Yeah, I was talking to Noah actually. Um, just about a week ago, roughly, about how um, I, I'm, I'm really small, but I have, like, a lot of hip problems. And um, I used to be a dancer back in the day. Uh, cheer. I did some ballet. I did all I did jazz. I did a couple of things. Um, but not as rigorous a dancer as most women who carry it into adulthood. I didn't do that. And I was telling him about when I met... Um, the uh, why can't I think of the actress right now? She plays um, she plays the main witch in Supernatural. The beautiful oh, yeah, redhead. You're talking about um, I can't remember her name either. It's Rowena's the character. Rowena, she yes, plays. yeah. Um, I met her. She was discussing about how she used to be a dancer and she's having hip problems. And I said, "Is this something?" Um, I've noticed a lot of smaller women coming out with issues with their bones and their hips. But I was like, I would think it would be the opposite. I would think that would be the taller people, women and men included, because uh, uh, just over six foot, maybe even taller than that, that have issues just because they're so tall and lanky, you know? Ruth Canale. Ru- there we go. Yes. That's that's <laughs> who I met. But anyways, is that a thing that you're, that you're aware of as smaller people? Do we just have bone problems? <sighs> I mean, you're talking about like, I mean, there's the potential that you could have damaged something when you were dancing, didn't realize it because when you're younger, you like bounce back from stuff instantly. And yeah. it's only years later that, you know, those little micro tears like developed in like arthritis or tendonitis or whatever they are. Yeah, she has like, um, arthritis. There we go. Uh, there's, I mean, you know, of course you know, all of us go through, you know, start having more arthritis pains. It's like our joint individual joint starts wearing down. I mean, I've got like my left knee is that way because, uh, there was a time period right before I had my growth spurt that I, uh, stepped on a rusty nail and like one of my feet almost had to be amputated. It was not that bad. So like I was laid up for a good long while, while I was basically growing. And so one leg, it's not, it's not enough, it's not huge, but one leg grew slightly shorter or I mean, slightly longer than the other one, just because the other one I was happy, the one that I was uh, laying off of is longer than the other one, just because it, you know, didn't have that compression all the time on it. Like the one that had to be stood on. Yeah. And so that creates like a little bit of a gait abnormality. And whenever I walk uh, a lot, that one knee on that side with the longer leg where it's compensating it, it okay. you know, it, it, it gets to aching more. So that makes it's sense. all kinds of weird stuff like that. It's just minor, you know, gait changes will cause, you know, you to have, cause it, you know, the, you're, you get to the point where like, there's no cushion left there anymore. It's just bone on bone at a point. So, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm not nearly as short as Warwick Davis, but I'm just like, I guarantee you he's having 
bone issues, considering well, he has you, a mean, bone disorder. Especially if you look at how little people walk in a lot of yeah. cases, because you can tell that they're that's more of like a loping walk mm-hmm. because of how their body's shaped, and that's going to cause their hips, if nothing else, to be some, uh, you know, really bad, inflamed at a certain point. Yeah, that was a tangent. <clears throat> uh, the best kill pogo stick. Oh yeah, easy. easy. I mean, uh, and, and I will. By the way, if anyone's worried, uh, and I don't know if I have yet, but if I don't disagree with his. What Reverend puts down for death scenes or boobs or anything, I will absolutely say it, but I cannot argue this one at all. That was my favorite from the get-go. I was like, oh, this is it. There is no other. I was and in love. And had a good line after it, which I thought yes. there's the best quote. This old lep, he played one, he played pogo on his lung, you oh, know. God. Uh, the best scream, I don't really know. I guess Tori, when you were talking about she was in the back seat, you know, and then like, you know, worried about like, but there's really nobody in this movie that screams a whole lot. So she definitely not... has the most screams. I mean, the kid had some good screaming, like, get him off of me, get him off of me. But yeah, yeah, you're right on that sense. Yeah, but... Tori had more, so I'm going to go with hers. But she technically had more complaining than screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best side character. Uh, Alex, I guess, um, you know, he, the little kid, he at least has that good line oh, about arms. Yeah. He, he is the best side character for sure. Uh, how annoying is the new prophet that is Ozzy. And yes. since he gets the honorary Franklin award, he's very fucking annoying. Yeah. I mean, uh, but he is the one that's constantly telling him. Yeah. I think there's even a line where he's like, he's coming back. He's going to, he's, if he don't kill the rest of you, he's for sure going to kill me. You yeah. know, like he's, you know he's what's kind of funny prophet. though, is that it, be, they, it was smart of them to make the character the way he was. Cause they're like, Oh, that's just our Aussie, you know? And nobody was believing him and he was telling the truth. Even when he calls the cops up and yes. that, that local sheriff, who's a character actor I've seen in a ton of stuff, you know, he's just sitting there and, you know, he's smoking that cigarette and he's just like, what is it this time? Aliens? Yes. He's like old Ozzy, you know? That's Ozzy. And uh, Ozzy for sure was on the spectrum. <laughs> he, he's on he the spectrum. very far into the spectrum for Yeah, sure. and there's no black or white for these people, really. So what they see is what they believe, which is it can be scary and sad, you know, but um, I think it made this movie. Unfortunately, we didn't get the Aussie slash stomach open death, but, you know, he he wasn't far off. No, yeah, he got like his ear bit and which there's a there's a good scene in part three. I, whenever I, we when I kind of summarize that a little bit here in a few minutes or whatever, uh, after you discuss part two, I'm not I'll discussing part two, into, are we? <laughs> what's that? I said, I'm not discussing part two, are we? Uh, no, you're just going to like go over it a little bit and, you know, we're, it's like a quick, like, you know, yeah. summary and like that sort of thing. We're not going, cause the, the only other one we're going to do in details in the hood, because I watched that one and I've got some notes on it, but, uh, some of the other ones I did watch, but I'm just going to like cover briefly. So, but, um, they did some things in three with that whole, like when he, you know, you attacked Leprechaun and his blood that comes out, like, you know, that, that I think was interesting in that movie at least. Yeah. Uh, uh, dumbest moment. Uh, take your pick in this movie. I mean, there's so many dumb, so many dumb moments. The cop that doesn't call for backup and keeps following the leprechaun into the woods. Uh, everyone stopping to find a four leaf clover while a demented little demon's on the loose. Uh, a shotgun that never needs reloaded. Uh, gets on my nerves so fucking bad. Like that shotgun just continuously fires throughout yes. this movie. I was like, there's this fire off all the rounds. That's what. A, did we get a cheat mode? 
Uh, so, yeah, somebody loaded infinite ammo or something in that thing because it never runs out. He never has to go find any more, to my knowledge, and it just, he keeps, you know, I thought at one point in time that it was going to, like, click drive, but, like, no, it's just the fact that, you know, anytime he needed to shoot the leprechaun, he did. Yes. Uh, and then the swallowing the golden coin as mentioned. I mean, there, there's just, I, I don't know you, which one do you pick is the dumbest because I think they're all pretty dumb, honestly. <laughs> In terms of just, I guess like the, the protagonist being like stupid or whatever, like, is there any particular ones that stands out to you or. <sighs> God, you know, hold on. No, because it seems like when they were, whatever they were doing, because there's multiple technically. I just thought of one that I'll say is the dumbest in the movie. Yeah. If they had access to Jennifer Aniston's Jeep, why the fuck did they keep fucking around that truck? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, I don't think there's any, because I know everything that they attempted to do, in my opinion, was for something, obviously, uh, but that. That does make sense because I was thinking about that. I was inadvertently thinking about that when she got in the car the second time. I'm like, oh, they could have just taken that. And now that you mention it, <clears throat> it does make sense. But like when they when they sent her out to go get the gold coins, obviously that was kind of dangerous. She wasn't surrounded by anybody. She was by herself. She had the shotgun. Uh, mm-hmm. Admitted that she didn't know how to use it. Uh <sighs> And yeah, they're like, go here, you go get the gold coins, which she was successful in doing. Um, I don't know. Like, every time they sent somebody out, it was for something. Even Ozzy sent himself out because he's like, they want me. He was almost sacrificing himself. The kid was pretty decent. At, he set up a trap, you know, and had to convince and him. It, he was home alone in it. His face shoved in it. Yes. He was home alone in it for sure, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to have to agree with you then for sure. The whole, you know, uh, maybe, maybe the scene where the dad, but he's not even in the movie, but this is what takes him out of the movie is when he shoves his hand down that fucking hole to get the cat. Yeah, let me just randomly shove my hand down some hole in the tree that, you know, surely there's no animal that will do anything that's down in there or bugs or anything like that. You know, what bugged me the most about that is that didn't nobody see that the teeth marks were definitely that of a person. That was not a cat bite. That's that's another dumb moment in the movie. That right there. But like, whenever they showed the jeep, like I was I was sitting there for a split second. The reason I bring it up, I was thinking, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? They've been dicking around with this truck the entire like movie. Like that was the only option they had to get off the property. Yeah. Why didn't they hop in that fucking thing? That like, is so I mean, fucking it, funny. But yeah, that that's that movie in a nutshell. Um, it's entertaining uh, for what it is, but it's by no means the best that we've seen or will see. I mean, when it comes to any of these movies. 